Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Man, is it great to be back with you folks. And we're on the 138th podcast. We're in the book of Job this morning. And uh, we just tried to really pray that God would take away us and uh, work through us as we're talking to you guys. There's some stuff going on in chapter seven. Stephanie pointed out a minute ago, the PTSD there is real. Uh, the wounded spirits is real. So we want to talk about that. So we're actually breaking the chapter into two pieces. We're going to look at it. We're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how, uh, how this affected us when we went through trials um, and, uh, and what we can learn from it. We want to give you a practical side as we end. Uh, so we're in the book of Job chapter 7, but before we do that, I want to say hi to my co-host and dear friend, Stephanie Wesco. And good morning, Stephanie. What's your word of the day this morning? Good morning, Doug. I'm going to go with hope. After reading through chapter 7, we definitely need some hope in today's <laughs> Boy, we do. And, and, and God gives it. This Bible's just filled with hope. And so... Here we are in chapter seven, and I really like where Stephanie was going in our pre-talk this morning about this podcast. So quickly, I'm gonna read one through 10, and we're gonna look at that. And for those of you with PTSD, hurting hearts, going through bad times, I think you're gonna see a picture of yourself here. Is there an appointed time to man upon earth? Are not his days also like the days of a hireling? As a servant earnestly desireth the shadow, and as an hireling looketh for the reward of the work. So am I made to possess months of vanity, and wearisome nights are appointed to me. When I lie down, I say, when I shall arise, and the night be gone, am I full of tossings to and fro unto the dawning of the day? My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust, and my skin is broken and become loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind, mine eyes shall no more see good. The eye of him that have seen me shall see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me, and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to this to his house, neither shall his place know him any more. I mean, this dude is in a bad place, Stephanie. He's in a bad, bad place. I mean, he's in a place that uh, some of the people we're talking with today have been there. They've they've lost their parents, their loved ones, their children, God forbid, their spouses, God forbid any of that. And uh, they're in a really bad place. And some may even say that we're, we're... they're seeing some of what Job's. What's Job seeing here, Stephanie? What What's going on with Job here in the beginning of chapter seven? Well, I think Job starts off saying, you know, um, he compares his life to that of a servant who desires. I think by, when he says desires the shadow, I think he means like the end of the day. He's working constantly. Yeah. He's looking for evening. He's looking for rest. And, you know, a hireling that's looking for the reward of his work, he's, you know, he's working all day. He's looking forward to that pay. He's looking forward to, you know, again, rest. That's the end goal here. And Job says, you know, it feels so empty now. There's no rest. 
Yeah. And, you know, I love where he says the weariness, wearisome nights are appointed to me. And, um, he talks about lying down, but when he lies down, it's torture. He's waiting for night to be over when he should be looking, when he should be getting rest. He's laying there going, could this night just please be over? Yeah. Can we just please just be done with this? He says he tosses to and fro till the dawning of the day. Um, this guy is literally, he's not sleeping. He's not, he talks later on in the next chapter about the nightmares he's dealing with. Um, you know, literally nights are torture for him. And when he should be able to rest, when he should be able to get the most peace, it's the worst time praying for him. And he talks about his days being swifter than a weaver shuttle and you know, a weaver that knows what he's doing, man, that shuttle's moving constantly and yeah. it's flying. And he says his days are flying. It feels like faster than that. And he says they're spent without hope. Man. And, um, he's, he's, I mean, in I that, guess, he's, I, he's in that place. And, he is. He's and, lost all hope. He's literally, his brain, um, you know, Job has PTSD going on. Wow, he Every does. aspect of him is in torture. His brain isn't stopping. You know, when your brain won't stop at night and you lay there and you can't sleep, that's a pretty awful place to be. Yeah. And on top of that, he's in pain. His flesh is decaying, literally. Um, he yeah. looks in the mirror and vomits. You know, it says it's loathsome. It literally is so bad. His, vi his visage, what he looks like is so bad, it's grotesque. Yeah. And, you know, Job is literally at that point of being so low. He has no hope. He says, my days are spent without hope. He has, He's lost hope of anything. And then in, you know, verse 8, he says, The eye of him that hath seen me shall see me, new, see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me, and I am not. In other words, you're going to look at me, and it's going to be a dead corpse. And even though he's alive at this point, inwardly, Job feels like he's already died. Yeah, yeah. There's so, and you know, when I look at verse three, you know, you always, when you, when you start contemplating the bad things, the hurting hearts, those people listen to us yeah. have been through so much. I mean, there's, there's a lady out there listening to us. I won't call out her name. I mean, in, in the course of a couple of years, lost a child, lost a, her parents, lost a sister. And that's just one of them. And there's another one that's almost the same. Um, and that's uh, uh, lost all these terrible losses, and, and, and there's men listening to us. I have a friend of mine who uh, lost his wife uh, about seven or eight months ago, was listening to us, but married 50 years, Stephanie, uh, 50 years. And, uh, and you've been there, married 15 years, and, and, and there's so much pain. But you know, as I went through this, you know what came to my mind? Verse three lit me up, and, and I'll tell you why. It says, so uh, am I made to possess months of vanity and wearisome nights are appointed to me. And you know what? You know what came to my mind? Now, my mother was not a vain woman. Uh, she really wasn't. She was the, one of the most humble people, too humble, too, uh, too down on herself. But I remember watching as uh, she wasn't able to speak and communicate. Uh, we found out later it wasn't Alzheimer's. She was actually having many strokes and she wasn't allowed to speak, but she understood everything that was said to her. And I'm so glad that I poured hours into reading the Bible and talking to her and trying to love on her. I was not with mom when she passed away. My sister Deborah was, who's with mom now in heaven. But I mean, I'm looking at this and what he's going through. 
talking about his days, uh, talking about uh, the clouds. You can, you can almost picture him looking up at the sky saying, why God? Why me, Lord? Uh, why me? And we, we named this section Job's PTSD. And I, I think that's exactly what's going on. And in verses 8 through 10, to me, and I want to ask you a specific question on them. I mean, let's look at them again. The eye of him that have seen me shall see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me, and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. And he shall return no more to the house, neither shall his place know him anymore. And you know, I'm here, he's looking for death again. He's looking only to die, Stephanie. He's looking for it all to end. I mean, what are you thinking of Job right now when you read those three verses that I just read out loud? What, what, what comes to your mind? Well, he had lost all hope. I don't think Job, even at this point, had the slightest glimmer of any hope whatsoever. Yeah. And I firmly believe, um, you know, he talks about empty. His days are filled with emptiness. Job already feels completely dead inside. Yeah. He literally feels like he is an outer shell of a body that's in torture. That's all that's left of him. He's lost everything. He's lost everything really in reality to live for. We don't know much about his wife at this point, but I suspect his wife felt the same way. They had both lost their kids. They had lost everything. And his wife is watching him die. He was watching his wife die emotionally. Even if her physical body wasn't dying, she was dying emotionally. She was having to watch her husband go through this. So you're dealing with trauma on overload. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe's dead. Inwardly, he's like, I'm already dead. Whew. You know, what you see is an outer is an outer frame that's dying now. And it's just, he's just waiting for that final. He's just wishing for that final blow that'll just end it all. Yeah. He can't wait for it. And, and I don't think it gets much better uh, in 11 through 21. And, and folks, we, we want to remind you again. We, uh, we, we want to come up front and remind you again that this finishes well. And uh, so we want to remind you of that. But starting here in verse number 11, Stephanie, it says, Therefore, I will not refrain thy mouth. I will speak in thy anguish of my spirit. I will complain in bitterness of my soul. Am, am I a sea or a whale that thou settest a watch over me? When I say my bed shall comfort me and my couch shall ease my complaint, then thou scarest me with dreams and terrif uh, terrifiest me, he's terrified, through visions, so that my soul chooseth strangling and death rather than my life. I loathe it. I would not live alway, let me alone, for my days are vanity. What is a man that thou shouldest magnify him, and that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him, and that thou shouldest visit him every morning and try him every moment? How long will thou not depart from me. Now let me alone till I swallow down my spittle. I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee? O thou preserver of men, why hast thou set me as a mark against thee, so that I am a burden to myself? And why dost thou not pardon my transgression, and take away mine inequity? For now shall I sleep in the dust, and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. Wow, it's still going on, Stephanie. He 
he thinks he's on a dead end street. I mean, he thinks everything's over. He thinks, you know, he's he's talking about his relationship with God as it used to be. He thinks, I mean, at this point, Job still thinks he's dying. And boy, you want to talk about a picture of PTSD. I mean, you hit that nail right on the head. Uh, you want to talk about a picture of PTSD. You're, you're looking at one. He even goes on to say he knows he's a sinner. Boy, we all know we're sinners. So, I mean, what would you say to Job? What would, if you had a chance to go back 4,000 years ago and say something to Job, which obviously is impossible. There's no time machines. Job's lived his life. It turned out good. We keep on telling you it turns out well. But what would you say if you were Mrs. Job on the scene right there? What would you say to Job at this point? Man, I've been here. This <laughs> When I read this, I mean, he's having verse 14. He's having the nightmares. He's having oh. flashbacks. He talks about those two things in verse 14. Verse 15, he, he's suicidal. He's choosing strangling. Wow, he's I know. Contemplating yeah. death. Like, how can I do this? How can I end this? He hates life. I would not live all way. Let me alone. There's, you see, apathy there where he's just like, leave me alone. My days are empty. Anyway, I'm done. Um, and I think he starts addressing God here. Like he goes from talking to, to these guys, to talking to God. And in verse 19, he says, how long wilt thou not depart from me, nor let me alone till I swallow down my spittle? I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why hast thou set me as a mark against thee so that I am a burden to myself? I honestly think Job was also dealing with huge, huge survivor's guilt here. And I yeah. think Job is at a point of saying, you know, why why did you let me live? You killed my kids. You took everything from me. Why didn't you just kill me too? Yeah. And I think here Job's questioning, maybe I did bring this on myself. And yeah. why dost thou not pardon my transgression? And why take away mine iniquity? Yeah. It's, I think he's at that point of, Maybe I did do something to bring this on myself, but God, I'm coming to you. I know I'm a sinner. I've know, I know that I don't deserve anything from you, and I'm a burden to me now. Yeah. So God, what what are you doing? And yeah. then he surrenders himself to death. He says, "For now shall I sleep in in the dust, and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be." You know, and, and if I could talk to Job right now. I have no, I have no words of judgment for him Yeah. because I felt this way. And I had a Bible. I had the Holy spirit living in me to comfort me. Job had none of what we have today. He didn't have the Psalms. He didn't have, he didn't know what God was doing. We can go back and read the book of Job and be encouraged. He had none of that. Yeah. And yeah, the biggest mistake we can make here is to try and think that Job's in 2020 are, uh, and that he has all these things. He can type in a database and pull up a concordance or, or look at these things. Job has God. And, and that's where Job's at. That's, that's all he has. Job has God. And, uh, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, the other thing I want to say, you know, you know, I wanted to go back and say it a minute ago and I forgot, is Job's coming off attacks from Eliphaz. You know, yeah. he's still dealing with those attacks. He's still dealing 
with these things that were said to him. And you know, Job, and he almost asked that question there in verse 20. He says, I have sinned. It's almost like he's saying, have I sinned, God? What are, you know, what is this? I know I'm a sinner. He, know, he sees himself as a sinner, and we all need to see ourselves as a sinner. Uh, but he says, shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why hast thou set me as a mark against thee and a burden to myself? And why does, in 21, and why dost thou not pardon my transgression and take away my inequity? And, and I mean, Job is at a place, and I think, I think I've been there. Uh, he's begging God. Uh, you know, he, he wants his pardon. He wants his transgression. He's thinking that this is, and again, going back to what you were talking about two podcasts ago, Stephanie, he's thinking this has happened to him because of something he did. And so he's wanting to come clean or whatever. He said, God, whatever I did, I know I did wrong. We all know we do wrong. We all know we're sinners. Uh, we all know there's a price on sin. If we say we have no sin, he is not in us is what the Bible teaches us. But I mean, we're sitting here listening to Job, uh, listening to his part of this conversation, Stephanie. And, he, and you know, it's more of the why, but I don't think I've seen a more solid picture of post-traumatic stress disorder in the Bible than I do of Job right now. And I mean, you had mentioned some of the things he had went through here. Uh, what would you say to Job? I mean, you're sitting down with Job and, and what would be the first consul that you would give to Job? I know, what would you say to him as your wife? You said, I've been there and you talked to him. We got God, we got the Bible. But what, what if it's 2020 and Job the 600th comes along uh, and we have the opportunity to sit down with them at camp, let's say you, Debbie and I, Emmy's hanging off me. Uh, someone comes <laughs> to the table, Job or Job Lean and they give us this story, what's the first thing we say to them? Don't lose hope in God. God is enough. Exactly. Don't lose hope in God. Don't give up on God. Yeah. Uh, don't give up on God. And, and, and I think it's real easy in this circumstance. You know, we go back and exactly what Stephanie was saying a minute ago. Uh, we go back and we look at things and we see life through our culture. And our culture is radio shows and podcasts, and our culture is all kinds of information. Sitting in front of me somewhere is seven pieces of information that are open on the Book of Job. Once in a while, I glance at them. Um, most of the time, I had already I read a bunch about Job. I read a book about Job, a good section of the book last night about Job. But I, so Stephanie, I always do this to you, and I hate that. So we take what Job went through. We've answered Job and say, don't give up on God. Uh, in, in a way, I was happy that he asked for his transgressions to be pardoned, that he wanted it to come to an end. But there's people listening to this radio show today that are in the midst of PTSD. I mean, they're, they're in the midst of, of craziness right now. And uh, how do we help them? How do we, uh, I mean, what's, what, what's the first thing we say to somebody sitting in middle America uh, right now, a gentleman, a lady sitting in middle America who feels like they have no need to live. Uh, what's, what's the first thing we say? Well, I think the first thing I would say is remember that when you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, I love where Paul says, for I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things to come, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. Let's about that at the end of Romans 8. Yeah. And, 
you know, Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And it's very easy to say, God, there's no way. There is no way that this can work together for good. And remembering that God's promises are always true. Yeah. And that if nothing, Paul goes out of his way, persecutions, tribulations, things present, things to come, height nor depth nor any creature, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And all things work together for our good. And I love the end of Psalm 91 where David says, because God makes this promise, because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. We have a God who says, I will be with you. Yeah. I will deliver you. And when we choose no matter where you are, you set your love on God. You set your hope on him. You set that confident expectation in who God is, in who he is in his attributes, in knowing that he's our provider, he's our strength, he's that high tower, he's that fortress. Yeah. And he's salvation, not just for salvation from sin. He's our salvation for every moment of life. Every He's our salvation through every flashback, through every nightmare, through every sleepless night he's your salvation for those things too and his grace is sufficient in our weakness mm. and make those promises of god yours that's what will get you through your ptsd amen amen and you know what stephanie just said is so true and i want to remind you of the four things you need to know to be saved and number one and and thank you stephanie by the way what a perfect uh what a perfect message today to those suffering from ptsd and and uh, uh, God's enough, the promises of his word. And it's four things we need to know to be saved. Remember these things. Uh, we want to talk to you about them. Feel free to call us, get a hold of us. First thing we need to know is the Bible says there are none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says, Stephanie, we all fall short of the glory of God. And, and, and so we're all sinners. That's, we've seen a picture, and sin is our problem. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. Sin is a major problem. So number one, we're all sinners. Number two, uh, because of sin, we're all going to die. For the wages of sin is death. Everybody's going to die because sin has entered in this world. Sin is the problem. But here's the great news, friends. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, folks, before you were even born, Christ died for you. Number one, you're a sinner. Number two, there's a price on sin. Number three, Jesus paid that price. Uh, through his death and his resurrection, through his blood, he's paid the price for you. But you can know those three things. You can know you're a sinner. You can know that uh, there's a price on sin. You can know that Jesus paid that price. And my friends, you can still be on your way to an eternity in hell because the Bible teaches us that we must speak it with our mouth and believe it with our heart. And it even tells us in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that the heart speaketh unto righteousness. So you say, well, what are you saying, Doug? What I'm telling you, what Stephanie's telling you, what we just came from is... Uh, in order to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's a saving relationship that's all eternity in heaven. In order to have that relationship, you got to accept Jesus, uh, his uh, death, burial, and resurrection on your behalf. 
and that he alone takes away your sin. It's in the Bible. It's real. We'd love to talk to you about it. Feel free to give us a call. Feel free to look us up on Helpful Wounded Spirits on our personal pages. We'd love to share salvation. You know, the other thing we'd love to do, Stephanie, is we would love to recommend a church to you folks out there. So make sure you get a hold of us and uh, look at, send us a note on Helpful Wounded Spirits. Send us a note on our personal page. I check every few days those personal messages sent to me. And uh, so feel free uh, to go ahead and send one. Now, Stephanie, we got one minute. What would you say for one minute to our brethren out there uh, as we close uh, this session on, uh, uh, on the book of Job, chapter 7? Well, I was thinking about, you know, the, the, the end of this, the end of how the, you know, how this book um, concludes. And I was thinking about Ecclesiastes 3. And God speaking through Solomon said, He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. And then verse 14 says, I know that whatsoever God doeth it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken away from it. And God doeth it that men should bear fear before him. Remember that God's working a bigger plan than yeah. what you see. And no matter what you're going through, remember, he has made a promise that he makes everything beautiful in his time. He's going to make you beautiful. He's going to make you beautiful from ashes. You'll come out of the ashes like the phoenix. We're going to have maybe Stephanie talk about some ashes and how beauty came from her ashes. So, hey, we love you, folks. Make sure you look for us on Helpful Wounded Spirits. We, we are honored to come across your airways. You do not want to miss tomorrow. We're going to get together tomorrow morning, put a podcast out there. And uh, you want to make sure you listen to that. And it's going to be on chapter 8 on the book of Job. As we continue on learning from the strongest trials, the greatest trials, man, they're tough. Hey, we love you folks. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.